Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6pm Eastern on either the Convention of States Facebook page or the Convention of States Project YouTube channel. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello Convention of States supporters and welcome back to another episode of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff, I'll be your host. And of course, I am joined by the magnificent Rita Peters, who is our Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Rita, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Things are getting busy again in the legislative department as we've got some states with stuff starting to happen again. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that. Right. The battle for North Carolina is on as the Convention of States team works to make a final push to get the COS resolution passed in the Senate. We're going to get an on the ground scoop from Joy Ruman, who's just absolutely amazing. Can't wait to hear from her. She's going to tell us everything that's going on in North Carolina, and she's going to let us in on whether North Carolina is going to be the 16th state to pass the CUS resolution. Rita, why is YouTube trying to cancel us? They recently gave us a warning and they gave us a strike on our YouTube channel for videos that we didn't even publish. What did we do in the eyes of our big tech overlords? We're gonna to get to that in just a few moments. We also have a special field report from New Jersey and Michigan. But before we get to all of that, we have our Article 5 Trivia Giveaway with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, take it away. Well, thank you, Andrew and Rita. It's going to be a great show. We're going to get to go to the hotbed of activity in North Carolina and see what's going on there. I'm super excited about that. But for now, I'm going to give a little educational piece also known as our trivia moment so you guys can have an opportunity to have some fun maybe learn something new and maybe even get a prize and the prize today is going to be again this cup the activist fuel coffee cup or teacup as i prefer to use it for as a cos logo on one side activist fuel on the other so everybody will know what you're doing you're fueling up to get excited and get to work with Convention of States, there's plenty to do around here with all that's going on in this nation. And the thing that's cool about Convention of States, as many of you know, is we are all about offense, not defense. We're going out and we're making things happen quite a bit different than waiting for things to happen or to try to keep things from happening that doesn't usually work. So we've got the Convention of States process going, and we're going to try to teach you a little bit of something about it. And there's some some banter that goes on with people who really like government control or otherwise want to find reasons why they can refute this Convention of States process, even though it was put into the Constitution by our founders. So let's go way back to 1787. And that is where the, the meeting was held in Philadelphia. We all know it was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in Constitution Hall, where our Constitution was formed. But many of you don't know, a year earlier, in 1786, a meeting was held at the suggestion of James Madison in order for them to kind of figure out what we can do. How can we solve some problems? Again, how can we take some action in order to make things happen here among these colonies, the 13 colonies, these states? And the conclusion was there needs to be another meeting which is one year later, roughly, is when we got to our constitutional convention. My trivia question for today is when, or excuse me, where was that meeting one year earlier that was held by fewer people? Where was that meeting held? 
And I'll be back later in the show to shed some light on that if you don't already know. Otherwise, go ahead and start popping that in the comments. Let's get the banter going and the conversation started as we jump into the meat of our program today. Thanks for being here, and I can't wait to see you at the end of the show. Rita, YouTube is working so hard to remove us from their platform. Just a few weeks ago, they removed a video from Mark Meckler. It was an episode of The Battle Cry for nothing more than just criticizing Dr. Anthony Fauci's leadership. And now they have removed yet another video, but more, they gave us a strike on our YouTube channel. So that means we will no longer be able to share upload or stream videos on YouTube for an entire week, which means this episode of COS Live is not going to broadcast on YouTube. We usually stream this on YouTube. It will not be streamed this week, which is so unfortunate. And then even more, if we get three strikes in 90 days, that means YouTube will completely remove us from their platform. So what did we do? What was the great sin that we committed in the eyes of our tech overlords well we just aired an excerpt of tucker carlson's fox news show where he interviews a man by a doctor by the name of daniel stock who has been critical of the federal government's response to COVID. and in this interview he was wearing a convention of states pin so obviously convention of state supporter it's great to air content that shows our supporters our volunteers making it on to shows like Tucker Carlson that has a wide audience. And in this, in this interview, he calls into question the efficacy of masks. He calls into question the lockdowns and the mandates. And he's critical of the federal government. And he makes the point that the federal government shouldn't worry so much on just vac vaccinating everyone, but there should also be a campaign to um, boost immunities through other methods than just vaccines. But the point is though, he didn't say that vaccines don't work and he certainly didn't call COVID a hoax, but that didn't matter. YouTube decided to give us a strike anyway. And again, this was an unpublished video. So Rita, you have some background in law, uh, some, you have a lot of background in law. Tell us what does this all mean and what should we con be concerned with? Well, the important thing is, you know, obviously this doesn't violate YouTube's medical misinformation policy. This is a clear attempt to shut down the Convention of States Project's influence on YouTube. It's ridiculous, but we are not going to give up without a fight. We have appealed this decision to the big tech overlords, and we are continuing our efforts to migrate to other social media platforms that are more friendly to free speech. We have posted the offending video on Rumble, so you can still watch it there. We're also exploring a variety of additional alternative social media platforms, such as MeWe and Parler. These sites don't see as much traffic as the big tech giants, which is why we want to maintain our presence on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for as long as we can. But at some point, our Silicon Valley overlords are coming for the Convention of States movement, and when they do, we will be ready. You can find Mark's battle cry episode that was banned on his locals.com account or on the Convention of States Rumble account. You can find the interview with Dr. Daniel Stock that was removed on our Rumble account as well. Just search for Convention of States.
such a shame that we are seeing uh, censorship coming out of YouTube. Um, really a shame. But before we get to our North Carolina interview with uh, Joy Ruman, we want to give you a special field report uh, from Michelle, who is in Michigan, and Gary, who is in New Jersey. Uh, Michelle, over to you. My name is Kathleen. I'm Michelle Haroon. Yep, we are very excited today. Um, we are about to go in and watch the town hall being presented by some of our other volunteers here in Washington Township. that if we don't get involved, they will be living in a socialist country. Do you believe that? Yes. I'm here because I have grandchildren. And I want my grandchildren to know the America that I grew up in. I want my children to know the America that I fought for. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure that in 10 years, if I live that long, that they will ever see that America, unless we do something. Hi, I'm Gary Brenner with the Convention of States New Jersey team. And we're here in New Jersey, Middletown, New Jersey. We're having a state, statewide strategy session here with the New Jersey team, talking about their upcoming plans for the re re remainder of 2021 and for 2022. Uh, this is a real productive effort that the New Jersey team is doing here today, talking about lots of great ideas, strategy getting it formulated and put in place with details, uh, lots of participation. It's a great, really great productive effort here by the Convention of States New Jersey team. We are happy to welcome back to the program Joy Ruman, who is the State Director of Convention of North Carolina for Convention of States. Uh, the hot state right now is North Carolina, Joy. So thank you for joining us to talk a little bit about North Carolina. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, stressing a little bit that we don't have this thing in the bag, but grateful that uh, for all the support we've got, we've got the most amazing patriots across North Carolina and the country because they're helping us all across the country. So, well, I want to talk about that for a moment because um, in North Carolina, you passed in the House earlier this year. May 5th. You passed in the House earlier this year, and the resolution that we passed in the North Carolina House would call for the states to propose uh, amendments to the to call for uh, term limits, but also to put fiscal restraints on the federal government and also to restrain the federal government's overreach. So you passed successfully in the House, but right now it seems that there's some issues uh, pop popping up in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us about the team that is working tirelessly right now to get the Senate to pass the COS resolution. All right, I'll start with what's going on in the Senate if I, if I can. And the truth is, we don't fully know what's going on in the Senate. Um, people may or may not know that the Senate passed our resolution in 2017 and told us then when the House didn't pass it, you get it passed in the House, we will take care of it 
next? Well, we waited too long <laughs> and we didn't pay any attention to them. So I think one of our challenges is that there's not enough enthusiasm in the Senate for what we're trying to do. Uh, we've, um, we, we just, and we've got, oh, I wish I knew the exact number of yeses, but we've got a lot of support in the Senate, but we've got some people who are not supporting us and we can't get through without more support. Uh, we have people that continue to be concerned about the traditional issues they're concerned about. Uh, and um, our speaker, our president of the Senate, Phil Berger, who was part of, move, uh, of passing the resolution in 2017, uh, all I know, all, all I understand is he's just not pushing for it this year. And I don't really understand why. Uh, you know, maybe it's because he doesn't see that he has enough support from from the, from you know other members and uh, of the Senate. So you know, we've got a group, and I, if I can name who they are, I'm happy to do that. Um, but we've got a group of senators that are not supportive of us yet. Some of them are opposed, flat out, for reasons that that we don't agree with, and some of them are um, are um, just still sitting on the fence. Uh, so as it relates to what's happening in the team, we have got, again, just, just the most amazing uh, grassroots. We've got, um, we've got about, a, about 75 people in North Carolina that we, 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 they have a role called a telepatriot volunteer. And if anybody's listened to this and wants to help us make phone calls, they're a lot of fun. We use an, a, a, a system that, that Convention States put together for us called telepatriot. And with telepatriot, we call our supporters who are already calling like-minded people uh, and we target those phone calls into districts where the senator doesn't support us. We've done it in the House as well, but right now we're doing it in the Senate and we, we, we target those that in, for senators that don't support us and we call their, their constituents who are also our supporters and say, please call your senator and ask them to vote for House Joint Resolution 233. We refer to it as HJR 233. So we've got that going on. We've, um, we have we heard a few weeks ago, I'm sure there are people on other, uh, other parts of the, um, of the country that deal with, uh, with negative messages from the John Birch Society. And someone said to me that, you know, um, it was actually a Senator said to one of our supporters who told me, you know, John Birch Society is here every week talking against you guys. Well, uh, I, I'm, I, I do leadership consultant and I have an instrument called the DISC model of human behavior and I'm a high D on the DISC, okay? You tell me that I need to do something and you challenge me about it and I'm gonna make it happen. And so ever since then, I think it's been about four weeks or six weeks, that was said to me, we have had a team of people at least five or six, sometimes 20 to 30, and we hope to have more than 30 tomorrow, down at the Senate pushing for meetings. One of our big challenges is we can't get appointments with our senators. We have senators said, I've talked to pe enough people, and these are the people who don't support us. I've talked to enough people, I don't need to talk to anybody else. Well, that's hard. So that, that should just never happen. We should always be able to get an appointment with our representatives and, and senators. 
I know, Joy, that this past week you were joined by Convention of States President Mark Meckler mm -hmm. for a couple of events. I know you had one in Gastonia that had over 100 attendees and one in Statesville that had over 175 people there. And while Mark was there, I know he spoke with local radio hosts on WEEB, WBT, and WSIC. So all those radio stations and all of that, I know, is part of a broader media strategy where we have an influential supporter or two writing powerful op-eds that are published in local media outlets. We have radio ads right now running on several stations. So we have this prolonged, multi-pronged strategy to pressure the state legislators to vote yes for Convention of States because that is what their constituents want them to do. Do you think this strategy is making an impact right now? I absolutely do. Um, you know, we have we have a lot of support, as I said, and we're getting their attention. We're hearing through people working for, with us in the Senate uh, that they're asking questions, that they're hearing things that we talked about at our Statesville Town Hall in particular about the power of our grassroots. I mean, we, we've got a powerful grassroots. We, in 2020, were influential in helping members of the House and the Senate retain their seats. And we actually helped a, a Republican um, candidate who supported us uh, unseat a Democratic candidate who didn't support us. And so we've got a strong grassroots and they're starting, I finally, I, I, I shared it before we got on, on, on this uh, with someone that it's disappointing to me that, that we've got to do the town halls and we've got to do the uh, the advertising and all that kind of stuff to get people to say, hey, I'm going to get these senators to say yes because we have such strong people calling, their constituents are calling and meeting with them and doing so much uh, to be engaged with them. But yes, I think it's absolutely making a difference. We are hearing that particularly the radio advertising is causing people that we wouldn't have thought would do this to go to people who are working on our behalf in the Senate and say, what's going on and da 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 da. So I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I do know that we're getting their attention. So we're not gonna stop. We're not going to stop. And I actually, I'll add this piece so everybody knows this. There are, I think the number went to 123 telepatriot volunteers from other states in this country helping us make our phone calls. So that, such that I have not checked the number in a couple of days, but since May the 20th, our volunteers, along with those in other states, have made over 11,000 phone calls trying to connect with COS supporters in North Carolina. It's probably up to close to 15,000 by now. And you said just a moment ago, Joy, you talked about having a powerful grassroots team in North Carolina. Uh, and it's absolutely amazing to see the activists on the ground just exercising their political muscle and doing everything they can to influence their legislators. And I just want you to talk just for a few minutes, just kind of go in depth um, about your team and the amazing activism that you're seeing. I have some numbers here that I want to share with you. So um, this year, over 3,000 North Carolinians sent 5,500 emails to their legislators. Um, also, 15,000 calls to constituents made to their legislators. And then to top it all off, y'all were able to get 12,000 petitions in 2021, which brings the grand total of petitions gathered in North Carolina to 75,000. I mean, those numbers are outstanding. 
Tell us a little bit about what the team has been doing over the past year to get these amazing numbers. Well, you know, our team, particularly in the mountains, but across the state, we for, for a long time, our mountain team was the most active doing gun shows. But now we've, we're starting to do gun shows in the eastern part of the state. That's making a difference for adding petition signers. Uh, we, we've got a new, we've got two new state communications coordinators who are working to build our social media presence. And that's made a big, big, big difference. Uh, and um, I think there's a piece of all of this that there are also, in terms of the new petition signers, we saw an enormous surge in the first part of the year after the after the 2020 election. And we've started to see, and, and then it fell off a little bit. We contributed that some to the summer schedule, but now suddenly we've seen another enormous surge. I think I heard last night we'd had 638 petition signers as of yesterday in the month of June, excuse me, in the month of August alone. And that's that's bigger. We we in in 2020, we averaged about a thousand a month. Uh, and so in I mean, based on what you you know, we've had 12,000 so far this year. So you know, we've averaged well, well almost 2,000 a month so far this year. And I, and it's it's a function of this grassroots, our regional captains, our district captains. Uh, at one point, right after the, uh, in early 2021, we've gotten up to over 50% of our um, house districts had district captains. We're still teetering on that number. We have 120 house districts in North Carolina. That's a lot. And I think the last time I looked, we had 57, 57 of our district captains active in the last uh, few, um, in this last seven days. Those are the people who activate our grassroots. Those are the people who are, are getting people more and more and more involved. But again, we've got a great, we, we've got a strong leadership team. Uh, we've got John Slothauer serves as a state information analyst, and he does an amazing job in tracking our numbers, cleaning up our numbers, helping us set up missions. Uh, we've got wonderful regional captains all across the state. Uh, and again, district captains all across the state. We have uh, a new events coordinator who's doing wonderful work for us. Uh, we have a legislative liaison. A gentleman chose, chose at one point to be a member of the LL team, and we couldn't find a legislative liaison. So he finally said, oh, my gosh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's wonderful. He's he's pushing uh, hard in in, for, in both parties. We 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 really see this as a nonpartisan effort. And so we are working very, very hard uh, on both sides of the aisle to get senators to support our efforts. Um, so can we cover everything you want me to do? That is so encouraging, Joy. And, you know, we really are a nonpartisan effort and we're an effort that garners bipartisan support. You know, polling shows that regardless of which party you're looking at, according to polling, the American people just support what we're doing. People from all ends of the political spectrum because they see that the federal government needs to be reined in, it's out of control. And I love that you just described all the different volunteer positions that people are filling right now in North Carolina, because I want everyone who's watching or listening to know that no matter what your background, no matter what your skill set or, you know, what kind of work you enjoy doing, there is a place for you to get plugged in at Convention of States with your state team. 
For those of you who may be just now joining us, we are speaking with State Director Joy Ruman about the Convention of States in North Carolina. Our North Carolina team is making a big push right now toward final passage of our Article 5 resolution. It's already passed the House. It is now pending in the Senate. And Joy, I know you've also been holding private meetings with key state legislators and legislative session is starting to wind down. So I know it's a challenge. It's kind of a race to the finish. Is there anything viewers can do to help you achieve final victory there in North Carolina this year? Oh, call their senator and say vote yes. Call their senator and vote yes. Or show up tomorrow, particularly if you have grandchildren. Bring your, bring your grandchildren, get your grandchildren to come to your house this afternoon or tonight and make, your, make a poster. We've got... I think we've got about 30 to 35 patriots that are going to join us at the North Carolina legislature tomorrow. I actually reserved Halifax Mall, which is the big mall that the, the legislators walk. Our, our legislative offices are in two buildings. One One's in the main legislative building, and there's something called the legislative office building. And they walk back and forth between those buildings for meetings. So tomorrow, for part of the day, we're going to be standing in that walkway right off the mall. We can't, we can't be in their way, but we will be out of their way. That's why I got the permit. So we can stand on the mall from 10 to 1.30 holding signs. I've still got to make mine holding signs that say vote. Yes. They, I gave, I gave our various volunteers in the message that I sent out different things they could put on their signs. One of them, one, what the simplest being vote yes for CO, for, for uh, HJR 233. Uh, but other ones that like, you know, one of the things that we're one of the messages that we're trying to get through to people is a failure to vote for for HJR two thirty three is a no vote, uh, and you know that's not what we want to see from our Senate. And that's really important, Joy, because sometimes the legislators, not only in North Carolina, but we've had it happen in other states too, they might think, well, we just don't want to vote on this. And that is the same as voting no. Um, before Andrew goes on to, to our last question for you, where can people find out more about the event tomorrow in North Carolina? There is an event, Bright. Um, actually, I will have somebody post it on Facebook in just a little while. Perfect. That's the best thing for me to do because it, otherwise it's hard for me to give it to you right now. Yep. And all the details of that, of that event are in that event bright link. Excellent. Joy, you've been talking a lot about just how on fire the North Carolina team is right now and just the amazing growth that we've been seeing. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. But that's not all that we've seen uh, this year. You've snagged some major endorsements in North Carolina. Uh, Mark Meadows, for example, the uh, President Trump's chief of staff. He uh, officially endorsed uh, earlier this year. And then also Mark Robinson, who is the governor in North Carolina, he voiced his support. How um, have these major endorsements, how have they impacted the team and have they helped uh, grow the grassroots in North Carolina? You know, I'll be candid and say, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I know that we have worked to uh, I know that Mark Meadows has actually helped us by reaching out to some people on our behalf. And we have shared that with, we've really shared his endorsement more with people in the Western part of the state who are part of the original Tea Party that are opposed to us because they have a great deal of respect and admiration and, and so forth for Mark, for Mark Meadows. And so we want to be sure that they know that, that he is behind us. Uh, Mark Robinson, 
we, um, we, we couldn't be more thrilled with his endorsement, as I think everyone on this call and both of you know, he is a strong figure here in North Carolina for conservative values. And we worked on him for over two years. Uh, it's really kind of funny the way it, it all happened because we worked on him locally and the national organization helped us a little bit to encourage him to, to support us. And then all of a sudden, one day I got a text from somebody that says, Mark, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson's endorsed us on his Facebook page. And so we immediately, this is really cool, we immediately told our database, we immediately, and in that message said, please write him handwritten notes. And I'm sure this happened with more than one person, but one person that wrote Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson a handwritten note got a handwritten note back from um, Mark Robinson. So, you know, we, we, are, we are encouraging, we, I, I hope, I, every time we talk to a senator, we remind them that Mark Robinson's behind us. We have been working to try to get him to become a little bit more, more vocal with them. I don't think he's called them yet. We're working on that. Uh, he, uh, you know, unfortunately he is extremely busy in North Carolina working on getting critical race theory out of our schools. He is, he is the, the major voice behind that. As the Lieutenant Governor, he is in charge of the Board of Education. He is the chair of the Board of Education. Uh, but he couldn't stop it because um, so he's very, very involved in that. So it's a little hard to reach uh, as it relates to that. But there's no doubt that that it's made an impact. It's just hard for us to measure at this point. Joy, on behalf of the entire national team, I just want to thank you so much for your tireless efforts um, to get this done in North Carolina. We are all pulling for North Carolina to be state number 16 of the 34 needed to pass this resolution. And is there anything else you'd like to say to our viewers before we let you go? No, I think that's it. You know, we'd love to have you see, see you join our team. Well, I will say, be on the lookout. I mean, if you haven't signed the petition yet and you're a viewer here, please go sign the petition. Uh, and, um, and, then, and then be on the lookout for an email. If you are a supporter, we are organizing a statewide volunteer meeting. Uh, we were going to do it on September the 25th, but the location we want is not available. So we still haven't decided what date in October, but we won't. We, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and send an email once we will decide today where it's going to be and what day. And I'm going to go ahead and send an email to the database. I want that meeting to be a celebration of our passing the Senate. In any event, it's going to be a celebration of our efforts to pass in the Senate. Okay, because we 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 need to celebrate. What we've been successful. We just haven't hit the target quite yet. Okay, but we, absolutely we're moving towards the target. So that's going to be. And it, and if it if for some reason these senators don't wise up and do what we ask them, then that meeting is going to be all about how we deal with that situation. <laughs> We are not going away. That's we're sure. not going away. And I think they're starting to figure that out. I but think you're right. Joy Ruman, thank you so much for being with us on the program tonight and for everything you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we are going to transition to our Article 5 trivia giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. He has the answer. All right, I am back. Thank you, Rita and Andrew, for an amazing show. And let me wrap it up by giving the answer to our trivia question today. As you may recall, 
we've got one of these up for grabs, our Activist Fuel mug for COS. And if you didn't get it, of course, if you didn't win, you can go to shopconventionofstates.com. You can order your own. You can get a shirt, you can get a hat, you can get a mug. But the most important thing is, is to have some of the COS swag around so you can be talking about convention states because people invariably will be asking you about what you're wearing, what you're drinking out of, et cetera. But in the meantime, let's get back to our trivia question. You probably remember from the beginning of the show, we talked about the 1787 convention located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where our constitution was written. Most people know that. Of course, it's all over our schools, but a lot of people don't know where a convention was held one year earlier at the behest of James Madison in order to uh, kind of figure out and decide what are we going to do about some of the problems in these states? And the question was, where was that held? And the answer, in case you already know, you're probably saying it with me, Annapolis, Maryland. Otherwise, if you didn't know, now you know Annapolis, Maryland is another historic spot in the East where our founding fathers, at least a, a skeleton crew of them, got together and discussed, we've got problems, we need to figure it out, which is directly, led directly to our Constitutional Convention of 1787. So there's the answer today. Hopefully you got that and you'll be able to go back and do a little bit of learning on that. Of course, you can go to conventionstates.com and you can watch a video that talks a little bit about this. Go to conventionstates.com, go to our YouTube channel in particular, and you can learn a ton about the history and be able to refute very easily what the detractors are saying that lacks the truth and authority that you will have as you read from our experts, such as Michael Ferris, Rob Nadelson, and some of the other scholars that are the source of all of our research and information. Thanks very much. Back to you, Andrew and Rita. And everybody else, have a great Tuesday. Thanks, Mike. Well, Rita, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, America needs to get off the couch and in the fight. We can't afford to wait every two to four years. And we certainly can't wait for the right people to be in office. That's never worked out for us. The founders knew that we couldn't just wait every two to four years. They knew we couldn't just wait for the right people. They knew that the people should be involved in this fight, that they should be engaged in defending freedom. That's why Convention of States has designed over a dozen unique roles that are tailored to fit your skills. Um, one of the one of the roles that we have is the state videographer, which gathers important video at COS events, and it they are used to get onto the airwaves the COS content that is important to engaging people in your local in your local area. So if you have a need or a, a desire to be a state videographer, go to conventionofstates.com, go to the take action portion. We're going to get you plugged in. We will give you the skills. We will train you. We will help you to be the best state videographer that you could possibly be. It's an amazing role. So if you have interest in it, go ahead and, uh, and go to conventionofstates.com to apply. Rita, I know we were talking earlier about the big tech overlords and all of the censorship that's going on, but we still have amazing content on many social media platforms. Please tell our viewers where they can go if they want to get amazing COS content. Absolutely. We want everyone to follow us on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, and Instagram. You can also listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our new podcast. Just search Convention of States on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, 
Amazon Music or Audible. And leave us a five-star review because that really helps us to build our audience. Text the word START to 54555 in order to bypass big tech and make sure that you receive important news and messages from COS. Again, that's S-T-A-R-T to the number 54555. Check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. Remember, if you're looking for the person who's going to restore the Republic, don't look to DC. What you really need to do is just hold up a mirror. Thanks for watching. This has been the podcast version of COS Live, originally broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.